Everybody. Hi. I thought you were going to do a creepy dolphin army or cat oh. sound. Meow. <laughs> That's what there I'm looking I was, for. I was going That's to, I'm not going to lie. Shit. As you were saying, like, hey, welcome to the show. I was getting ready for it. And then I honestly just, I plum forgot. Uh, Doesn't take much. I got a teensy little. I'm easily distracted. Kitty on my lap for the cat show. It makes it hard for Aww. me to get close to Mike because she's just teensy. She's being so darn cute. Um, I talk. We had to talk about cats. Well, we had, we had a few discussions about cats, like what cats we were going to talk about. But you were telling me you were meeting with um, pest control for mice, and I said, "Oh, well, you're not going to like what I have to say here. How you can get rid of those pests?" And you're like, "No, no, I know what just you're going to say." Yeah. Have you have you discussed it? Uh, Mrs. Squeezer is actually more against it than I am. Why she not want a cat? Uh, very allergic. No, I, I know I, you. You had a. I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, she, she gets near a anything with uh, fur, and she's a sneezy, squeezy monster. Hmm. Yeah, I got it. it. Took I took Zyrtec for around Schmuffin for like the first two. But weeks. you can you can either have the little, the little guys down in the basement, uh, you know, pooping all over your stuff. Or you could sneeze a little, you know? Right. And if they get into your basement, she'll bring you one as a present. You know, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I uh I'm trying to like I'm a minimalist, you know, mm. I don't need gifts. Well, so. they don't care. Uh <clears throat> yeah. Olive has brought in us two frogs so far, fished out of the sub pump. Um, as gifts. My best friend growing up, his cat they and they lived like the back of their house was towards the woods and a park. And I mean, it was, it was genocide. It, it was like the Genghis Khan of cats every morning. There was a corpse on the front stoop and just like hand, like little paws on the hips, like puss in boots. Like, look what I did. <laughs> you a gift. Well, just like uh, eagerly brought the, at the end of the last episode of Peacemaker, dropped the yes. possum right in front of him. All right, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. It's wishing it was about 20 pounds heavier and just a foot taller, and it would take your throat out and then yeah. consume you. And she's pawing at my uh, headphone cable. Ah. Yeah. So it thinks this? it's your tail, and she's... it's trying to take you down. All right, she's like, what is this? Give this Give this to me. Yeah. They just want to murder us. Well, right now, she's just happy. I've, I've, you know, we fed them tonight. Not like sure. they're not well fed. There's a constant like automatic feeder in the house, but the wet food. Yeah. My God, the wet food. Uh, I come in the door and Doodles is like, wet food, wet food, wet food. Give me wet food. Give me wet food. Wet food. Wet food. And she's a chunky little. See, chonkster. that's the one place where dogs are superior because you put a tennis ball and a string on that door, and a dog can open it and then get you know get their own food. But cats are just gonna swat at it. Uh, I bet if, like, we put some sort of Rube Goldberg machine together that a cat strength could get to to feed themselves, they would eat hmm. till they're dead. 
Yeah, but then then what's the next step is cat AI, and then they just wipe us all out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're right smart. She's a purr. Like, like, let's see if we can capture her purr. I don't know if you hear it. Aw, oh, there it is. Oh, I, I, sorry, I talked over. Just purring right through the windscreen. That's adorable. She's excited uh, that I'm sitting there. She likes, like, when Enchantress is work, she works from home. So, you know, she's her coworker all day, you know, sitting in her lap, typing her keyboard, message people when they need messaging, you know. Uh, so then at night when I go to do my show, she's like, oh, I'm here to help. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> Can I stop the record for you? We all know Olive's done that a few times. Oh, yeah. You you got this one backed up, right? A second recording somewhere high on the shelf? Sure. Yes. Is that what you want to hear? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then. Yes. Yes is the answer. Or, Or if not everyone that's listening to this, listen to it live now. Yes. So, um... Was we haven't talked about Peacemaker ending, right? Uh, uh gonna give it a chance, he should. No. The ending was great. Um, Iraq, yep, hit the skippy skip. Skip we won't go into detail, just unless, the, unless he hasn't, yeah, just the end with, with who shows up and the lines. Fuck you, Barry. Uh, and I said so many too times fucking late. <laughs> go fuck another fish. <laughs> just great, yeah. That, the, the confidence that they have. To, I mean, that's like your crown jewel. I mean, all things considered, it is. But good kudos um, to Warner Brothers. I mean, because we all know that there's not a chance in hell. Like Deadpool, you know what Fox did. There's not a chance in hell they let. Like even if if Deadpool continues in the Marvel universe, there's no chance in hell they let you know Captain America and Tony Stark. I mean, they're they're out of the show, but they don't they don't let Marvel. MCU characters come in and say fuck you like fuck you no. Peter but uh, so good could, no, kudos it's, and them. it's what they have to do you know Warner Brothers and- yeah James Gunn uh, he got renewed Peacemaker season 2 will be back uh, someone said that Bane was going to be in it and he immediately said where the fuck do you come up with this <laughs> he goes I am the only one who knows what's next and um, I don't even know what's next because he really literally just got renewed. I'm sure he has an idea. Like if this gets renewed and doing Bane, like doing Bane as like a South American Spanish, like badass genius motherfucker, like done like right. A proper, like yeah. a proper Bane would be pretty badass. Um, yeah. We'll see what Mr. Gunn's got in store. In the meantime, he's got, uh, he's got to just like, the best writers and artists used to do jump between the big two and do their best. He's over at Marvel finishing his story with guardians three. Um, the guy who played Murr apparently is in guard plays a big role in guardians three. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Now there's no, we're watching a Pam and Tommy squeezer. Did you start that at all? I did not know. It was good. It's not bad. Seth Rogen's really good in it. Um, the girl who plays and uh, uh, Winter Soldier plays Tommy Lee, and he's he's really good too. Uh, but the the uncanny thing is the the woman who plays Pam Anderson. She's under like a body prosthesis, like 
she's it's like it's really not she's naked but she's not because they're not her her it's not her boobs <laughs> yeah you were gonna try to say be like sound like an adult and say breasts yeah no. you can't even say it it's their boobs yeah it's they're not hers um it's yeah. a breast well neither play. they weren't really pam's either yeah yeah but they were under her skin it was her okay, skin gotcha. uh it's like a fake forehead fake teeth whole works and she really looks really? And, and she's a, a british woman she sounds just like pam and Tommy, that still blows my mind how British people can sound like. It's, uh, like it's they, not they higher to sound like them, eh? That's Australian. Yeah. <laughs> when, I when, Cockney, when, when they eh? Our accent, they're like, oh, wow, you're a great actor. Like, you don't even know that. Oh, so. squeeze, eh? You're coming down to Britain and have a pot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they do us, but when we do a British accent, yeah, we just are acting like assholes. I mean, yeah. So, like, John Lithgow in The Crown, I've come down and watched. I'm not, I haven't really watched The Crown, but Enchantress has watched it, and I've come downstairs when it's on, and I see John Lithgow doing a British accent. So I'm like, oh, it could be done. It could be done. But, uh, oh, also in The Great, that's another show we just finished season two of, uh, the retelling of Not Quite True of Catherine the Great. Really hysterical and great show if anyone's looking for something to watch. Hmm. Um, but uh, one of the... Uh, Fanning's sister, the younger Fanning sister, plays Catherine the Great, and she puts on a great British accent. Even though they did not speak with British accents, Catherine the Great was German, and she was in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how, like, no matter no matter what time period you're in, if it, like, takes place in, like, some medieval period... British accent. They always have a British accent, yeah. even though they're, like, they're Franks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor me. A big yawn. It's only uh, 1040. I don't know where that's coming from. Sleepy boy. Oh, Mm. boy. It's because I was uh, laying on Enchantress as we were watching Pam and Tommy. She fell asleep, and I was like, eh, verge of it. And uh, If it wasn't a Wednesday night and you had a show to do, you'd be out right now? I probably would. But I'd be back up and then up again to like four. Yeah. You know, so them's the breaks. But, uh, yeah, Pam and Tommy's good stuff. It's just not – it's just kind of depressing because, like, for – a while I was every week I was excited for at least Peacemaker and kind of Book of Boba Fett too. She had these two shows mm-hmm. and now there's like, <laughs> like there's yeah. nothing that gets me. I, I, I'm in the same. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Like there's always like the and uh, righteous gemstones too. And that's going to yeah. wrap up soon. Yeah. So when next, that's gone next week, now I'm just going to shit. I got nothing. So I'll just go back to rewatching old episodes of the West Wing again and trying to catch up on anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might want to watch Pam and Tommy. His dick talks to him. <laughs> oh well, just that's uh, yeah. I'll check it out just for that. I guess it's a prosthetic. He's uh, Sebastian Stan wears a prosthetic dong too. Ah, yeah. oh, it wasn't a, a real talking penis. No, no. Oh, no. sorry. Damn it. Um, but it's good. But it's not like oh, I'm excited to watch this. Good. I guess not till the end of March, Moon Knight. Yeah. That's and the next one, one we've got coming. Next exciting show. Hopefully it's good. I mean, Moon Knight's a good character. and Our MCU shows have not let us down. I guess we go from Moon Knight to Miss Marvel to She-Hawk, I believe, is the order. Somewhere in there is Secret Invasion to a Sam Jackson show. Um, somewhere in there is Obi-Wan, I believe April 24th. 
I think so, yeah. Somewhere. I think it's April. Uh, they, I, I believe they canceled. Or is it May? I think it might be May. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You're right. May 24th. Yeah, May. And, and, and it's not even like May the 4th. It's like May 20. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you just put it on the, the whole Star Wars thing? Bad Batch 2 is May the 4th, I believe. Oh, okay. That works. I still got to watch the first one. I'm not going to watch it. Um, they, I was a kid, so I was like, fuck that. They apparently canceled Bo-Katan's, the girl, uh, Katie, or whatever her name is. He plays Katie Sackhoff? Really? Yeah. yeah. Plays Bo. She's from, uh, she, Katie Sackhoff's from, uh, that show you like, Babylon or no. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, yeah. Yeah. And she was in that, uh, what's the other, what, uh, Western, modern day Western one. Fuck. It was on FX. Oh, um, the one with Timothy Oliphant, who, pl- who yeah. plays, what's his name? Oh, Gunter? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, does it, is it anything to do with people being split on, because, I mean, Boba Fett didn't get, like, slammed. People still liked it. I think it's like, maybe we should back off of people wearing the same costume set on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this would be on Mandalore, or it just makes sense just just have her be prominent in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think that if they would have just called it Mandalorian season three, people wouldn't have been as confused or had much of a problem with it. Or be like stories of the Mandalorian and like Boba Fett, maybe. You know, I don't know. Just rename yeah. it something. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I I can't find the news, but she said her show was canceled. I didn't know she had a show. I don't know. Maybe Jason. Yeah, I didn't know they were doing a like a series just to her. Listen, I'm I I just assumed it was going to be Mandalorian season three. But. I I am a Star Wars fan, but I you know I'm not like a Jason Star Wars fan. Where you? I haven't watched Clone Wars. I haven't watched Rebels. It is good though. I don't give a fuck. And, and, I'm not. And, and, I'm not. Go, or you know what? You know what? You should watch. Watch the. Uh, fuck. He sent it to me. It's where they recut, um, Revenge of the Sith and the last couple episodes of the Clone Wars, in order, and it's like four and a half hours long. But yeah. it's really good. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> was it the four and a half hours long? <laughs> not, not even because I've well, I could rewatch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood any day of the week, and that's three hours. But I'm just like I like four, five, and six. You know, mm-hmm. I I have no need to rewatch one, two, and three, or seven, eight, and nine. But I watch four, five, and six, and I can rewatch any of them at any time. And I like The that's Mandalorian, true. and I'll watch the new episodes as they come out. But I'm not that big of a Star Wars fan, I don't think. All right. Yeah, there's a it's a lot of backstory in politicking. Yeah, I mean, again, I like four, five, and six. <laughs> I don't live and breathe by it. I don't get butt hurt uh, that a woman's in charge. Um, oh, whoa, whoa! That some people get butt hurt. It's not that she's in charge. It's that she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. 
I think it's not fair for you and me to say that Kathleen Kennedy, who has a great track record, doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Oh, okay, you can scold me now. It's fine. There's an entire studio system, a bigger, a bigger animal at Disney than just Kathleen Kennedy. I would assume Kathleen Kennedy. I think, and I, and this is coming from someone who says Steven Spielberg no longer knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, I don't know, and and I don't know. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe it was not her. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. It, that was crass of me to say she doesn't know what doing. Uh, she does not have a the same respect of the source material as some of the other people working on the show. Yeah, and then uh, Dave Filoni does Book of Boba Fett. So, <laughs> mm, fair enough. How good of a source? How good of a grasp of the source material do you need? And I told you my theory that could be true on Book of Boba Fett. I said to Jason, I was like, maybe Disney said you have to do this, like. We want a Boba Fett show. And they're like, no, we want to keep up with Mandalorian. And they're like, no, you need to do a Boba. Or maybe, you know, the un- infallible are fallible. It happened. It, we all are. So, you know, you could put out shit every once in a while. And you maybe you're like, I don't know where I'm going. Wait, wait. Uh, wait did you just say we're infallible? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said we make mistakes. Oh, we do a lot. Yes. But, um, yes, J.J. Abrams, too, makes a lot of them. Paul Faggy rarely does, rarely does. James Gunn doesn't, I'll tell you that much. Good, God damn. Nah, yeah. Fuck. Two of my favorite Marvel movies are Guardians 1 and 2. And then he goes and does Peacemaker. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I got to rewatch Suicide Squad. Because when I watched it, I was tired as fuck from Music Fest. It was in the middle of it. I'm like, I don't know how much I like this. I guess that's holding it up to the 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 Guardians candle. And I'm like, ah, it's it's okay, but Yeah. Well, you were looking for that same relationship between all those characters that you have with, you know, the family from Guardian. That's the thing. It's a family. Yeah, but then you get that with Peacemaker. You do. Yeah. So maybe it's there and Maybe I don't know. I mean, I should just probably watch. Uh, it, it is, also, it, why it's, it was it's cool fun. seeing Starro done. Like, I think they could have had a better villain. That was kind of a the kaiju Starro was kind of. Well, I think that's why it was just so over the top and ridiculous. That's why they went even for it. over the top and ridiculous. Fine, but like, there's no investment. Like, you don't feel one way or the other for. Yeah, Starro. You, you don't at some point go. You know what? Uh, Starro's right. Or, like, you don't have his motive or their motive. It's If Starro was working for a villain, you know, I don't know. It just, it could have been, it could have been an opportunity to introduce someone like Bane or something yeah. and have Starro be his big bad instead yeah. of Starro being. Like, whereas, like, with Thanos, like, sometimes you, you know, you want to snap your finger. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah, nothing is going to be done better than, but you, they had a 10 movie build, um, more than 10 movie build, the, the culmination of 20 pictures. And, you know, hinted after Avengers, hinted after Avengers 2, uh, shown to be a ruthless fucking, uh, uh, like, Titan, the Mad Titan, shown to be the Mad Titan in Guardians. Like, you don't want to fuck with him. Uh, Gamora, um, I'm blanking on the other daughter who saves the world. Gamora's sister, Squeezer. I'm 
Now that you blanked, I'm blanking too because I. Nebula, nebula, nebula. Yes. Yes. Done. Yep. That's what I was gonna say. On the tip of your tongue. So the whole like Nebula and Gamora storyline, were were fucking fantastic. It was great. It worked great. The whole the whole culmination and and um, Infinity War and Endgame was fucking fantastic. Can't you can't really get much better than that. Um, Thanos wasn't really even a big part of Endgame. <laughs> You know, he came back. No, he he was the boss. That's he did what he had to. He managed his people. But properly. he he earned it in Infinity War, so it was fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the whole heist was the the main story. The time heist. <laughs> yeah. That being said, uh, where were we? Talking uh, peacemaker. Oh, is that what got us started on this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Action! Fi- I got some action figures in the mail squeezer. I don't know if you oh. got a chance to see them. My uh, Mattel, uh, Mattel re-released. So they 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 put out their retro figures, which were like bad versions of the my favorite figure ever made, the WWF Hasbro figures. So at first they're Walmart exclusive. And then they they were like everywhere, and you know they did like new a mix of new and old wrestlers, and they just killed the line. And everyone was like clamoring, "We want retros, bring back retros." And then like other people started to make retros, like Cella Toys in England's making retros. They did like Blue Meanie, they did uh, Dynamite Kid. They've got some other indie guys, uh, the guy from Fight, in their in their thing, and you know they're good. But then like Zombie Sailor making retros and fuck man he got ron rudit who designed all the original hasbro wwf figures to design his and his first line will be shipping soon i pre-ordered it back at we're at penn state squeezer doing softball in june oh it like 10 months ago uh Mm, nine months ago yeah nine ish yeah june yeah i guess that wasn't that long so his first line is Sabu, uh, Dino Bravo, Earl Hebner, and um, uh, the major podcast, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Uh, and then he's got uh, a Jeff Jarrett one coming out on an orange card, which was supposed to be the next line of Hasbro's after the green card. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got I got that one pre-ordered. And then he's got uh, Danhausen, who just signed with AEW. Um but I don't know what's going on with AEW. I don't want to talk wrestling real quick, but AEW seems to be, I don't know, they lost Cody Rhodes. I guess he's going back to Vince. It proves what I told Jake, and Jake doesn't want to believe it, but Jake knows everything, and I told Jake multiple times that, yeah, they might talk a big game, but as soon as Vince asks for them to come back, doesn't matter where they are. They're coming back. Goddamn, pal, what are you doing down there at AEW in Jacksonville? Come back here to the big boys, huh? Yeah. I see you as the champion. Yeah, it's always going to be that way. Yeah. Just the way it is. As long as Vince McMahon's calling the shots, everyone wants to be. That's why no one talks shit on Vince. (laughs) Doug, fuck Connor, fuck Stephanie, fuck Shane, fuck Bruce, fuck Corny, fuck everyone, fuck Polly. But. Ah, oh, Vince, though. He's great. <laughs> He's a mastermind. He's a genius. 
Do you think Austin's coming back at WrestleMania? God damn, kid. I got one more match in me. <laughs> That's a bad Austin. <laughs> uh, where were we? Where was I? Oh, so because there's nothing else to watch, I went back to my old wrestling and I was December of uh, 97 now. It was just after the DX pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, and got, like you could see like the heat building. That December Vince DX pay per view was one of the best pay per views ever done by the company. Yeah. It was uh, in your house, Degeneration X. But yeah, it was already. I mean, December '97, and Rock it was right after the Montreal the IC job. title. Yeah, they they just they kept chugging along. It was the beginning of Mister McMahon. That was Degeneration X. What was on that card? Let's break down the card. Um. So it was a uh, Rock Austin for the IC title. Well, it started with uh, Takamishinoku. Yeah, he won the uh, inaugural lightweight uh, heavyweight light heavyweight championship. Yeah, got twelve minutes against Brian Christopher. Yeah, uh, Triple H and Sergeant Slaughter in a boot camp match. You're forgetting Los and... Bariquas versus Disciples of Apocalypse. We got oh, factions. Yeah, yeah, I rem- I remember Six that man one. tag, pal. And. Uh, HBK and uh, Shamrock was the main event. DQ. Stone Cold and The Rock. Man, that was uh, that was right. That was bef- that was six months before I met The Rock. Oh yeah. I would go on to meet that picture I had with him was from June of '98. Okay. Oh, and then uh, also uh, New Age Outlaws and LOD. And this is pre well, so. uh, New Age Outlaws joining uh, DS. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they're there's. I mean, I don't, I don't think they were even a. It's only like I think six months into like their current run, at, like their first run. Like they were uh, had a little feud going before, when he was still the you know the road dog. And he was just Billy Gunn, and Honky Tonk Man, like getting them together and. They really like kind of like all all the shit that was going on. Like Goldust was doing his thing; that was really weird. But Road Dog and Billy Gunn were really like, and and DX was doing it at the same time. But that Attitude Era like shenanigan stuff. He's got attitude. Like not not taking it seriously. I remember we were watching all these matches at my house. Everyone would come over because I had the pay per views for free, and this was leading up to it. And um. The next was Rumble, where the Stone Cold won by eliminating The Rock. And then WrestleMania hit with uh, Stone Cold winning the belt from Shawn. And it, there couldn't have been a bigger moment in wrestling history. Like, the like Stone Colds. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next night on Raw, the new Big Eagle belt debuted. Yeah, and then it then it was I felt like it was like earlier in his run that I met Rock, but it was after that. It was it was June of ninety eight. Yeah, it's amazing how quick everything went. Mm-hmm. It feels like it yeah, it was a lifetime, but it was really quick. Yeah, it was like a two three year window where like it was just so hot. But even like DX and like the formation, like how it feels like it lasted forever, but I don't know. 
When you're a kid, you know, that's that's way longer than it's an adult now. That's true. Like every, you know, like you're waiting for Christmas and it's like a week away. And as a kid, yeah, it's an eternity. Now it's like, fuck, it's only a week. I know. I'll I'll sleep and it'll be here. Yeah. Uh, This was the the Rumble 98 where um, Mick came in as all three characters. Okay. That's what I'm I'm not watching every pay per view, but I'll watch some of the big ones and rumbles are always even if I just you now jump ahead to the rumble match. Cactus Jack was first draw and you know who second was? Chainsaw oh, Charlie. Right. It's named after this guy he used to butcher our hair when we were kids. I called him Chainsaw Charlie Pritchard. <laughs> I haven't heard from him in a while. Oh, yeah, I can't. I got an idea, Vince. I'll come in and have Mick throw me right out. <laughs> but I'll throw him out and he throws me out. Goddamn, pal, how's that going to work? He throws me. I throw out Cactus. Mankind throws me out. <laughs> and I go home. My horse is sick. <laughs> um... Yeah, Stone Cold came in at 24. Dude Love came in at 28. God damn, pal. <sighs> but uh, yeah, that's good. I guess uh, I guess we should start the show. We started talking yeah, off that, about cats. That was got kind of derailed. Yeah, that coherent rambling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, I go first. I think this week, don't I? Uh, yes. yes here is my first kitty cat for our cat show. What might it be worth to you? Well, Mr. Balloon, a balloon. Yeah, that stone, as you call it, is an electrical alloy developed by my scientists. So that's why it's at me. I'll make it worth your while to return it. What would you say? A hundred bucks? A hundred thousand lousy bucks. Dollars? A hundred thousand. So I am talking Shere Khan. And not Shere Khan from the Jungle Book or Jungle Book 2. I'm talking Shere Khan, the extremely wealthy multinational business corporation owner of Khan Industries. Uh, where I know I don't fucking watch Jungle Book when I was a kid. I watched fucking Tailspin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and who was a bigger player in Cape Suzette than Shere Khan? And I don't know. He was never really like a villain per se either. No, he he's an antagonist. He was an antagonist. Oh, man, I had you loud there. Sorry about that. He was an antagonist, but he was not the villain. Um. He always had so um, he'd hire, hire for hire <laughs> occasionally, and um, he tried to buy hire for hire. Uh, he he worked with the air pirates and he worked against the air pirates occasionally. Um, but uh, the beauty of Shere Khan is not that he's the best dressed tiger in all of Cape Suzette with you know, the suit and red tie with the gold tie pin and the red rose. Um, 
he uh, and lack of tail. The best part of Shere Khan's squeezer is a little thing called Shere Khan fan fiction. <laughs> oh no! Wait, what? Uh, this one is called Uncle Khan. Uh, Shere Khan is a mystery to everyone, including his young niece. When Eliza moves in to uncle she never met, how will he either adjust to change in their lives? It's a kid's fan fiction. Wait, what? It, so it's like a fresh prince with Shere Khan? Like, yes. As Uncle Phil? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then there's a sequel called Finding Eliza, which is uh, the sequel to... so. There is a, there's quite the amount of, if you go to fanfiction.net and search Tailspin, there's a lot. Uh, and I was hoping for some erotic fanfiction. We're always, yeah. Mm. Well, you know, rule 30, 34, right? Rule yeah. 34B, that if it doesn't exist, it is your duty to create it. So you have to go out there because since you cannot find it ah, it's your responsibility it. as an it. internet it user exists. to create it exists <laughs> oh <laughs> can't wait to check your search history jungle cub love i believe this is uh oh, boy. jungle book shere khan uh jungle cub love um, i don't even know how adult this is let me see if I could find the good stuff. The scanning erotic fiction with the red ears. <laughs> right now, someone's listening going, hey, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you too? Oh, this looks fucking PG too. God damn it. What's happened to the internet? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess there's just so many videos out there now. Back in the day, you just had to find stories to read, and there was everywhere. Yeah. Hmm. Hold on. It, it gave you something to read while you were downloading that one JPEG over the course of an hour and a half. Yeah. Man, I don't know. This seems lame. Sorry, guys. I was hoping to find some Jungle Book fan erotic fan fiction. It's even on adultfanfiction.org. But, uh, okay, here's, oh, oh, okay, here's one. Fun <laughs> behind closed doors. Uh, it's Tailspin. It's Tailspin, everybody. Um, NC-17. And we're looking at Anthro, which I think is, it's their warning. So the title is Fun Behind Closed Doors. The pairing is Shere Khan and Harmond. Who's Harmond? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Let's Google this. Harmond. Tailspin. Harmond. I can't tell if Harmond... Oh, Harmond looks like the woman tiger. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, she's like the business... Yes. So it's Shere Khan and Harmon, and the warnings are Anthro, which I'm sure is short for Anthromophorthivic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crack. That. Crack explanation point. Hand job. Het. What is het? Uh, why are you asking me? <laughs> I'm assuming you know. 
Oral and oh, PWP. Man, I got to catch up on my uh, acronyms on the internet. Yeah. Summary, Shere Khan, does, Shere Khan doesn't mind getting personal with one of his employees. A slash N. Harmon is not an OC. What? <laughs> okay. Harmon entered Shere Khan's office, clutching a stack of papers in her paws, waiting for the older tiger to nod before stepping further inside, smirking when he beckoned her to come to his desk. Mr. Khan, sir, I have those quarterly figures. My dear, there is only one figure I'm interested in at the moment, Shere Khan murmured, paws roughly <laughs> grabbing hold of his slim hips. Of her slim hip, her slim hips. The papers in Hammond's paws slipped and scattered to the floor as she was pulled into Shere Khan's lap, cheeks heating as his fangs nibbled her neck. Mm, Mr. Khan, anyone could walk in. Don't be alarmed, my dear, Shere Khan chuckled. The door locked automatically after you entered. No one will be interrupting us. Well, that's going to get you me to just like yeah, Jesus Christ. just like what's his name from the morning show. He's got yeah, he's got the <laughs> Shere Khan's got the Matt Lauer button. Yeah, the Matt Lauer button. Yeah. Yeah, uh, nothing Shere Khan always kept a personal life private and their relationship was no exception. Exception. She didn't mind. She didn't want anyone to know either. In the elite world of high society, their relationship was considered taboo. She was in her early 20s. He was in his late 40s. She didn't mind their age difference either. The old tiger was extremely handsome, baritone, baritone voice smooth as velvet and hypnotic, muscular body hidden beneath the expensive suits, and despite his cold, abrasive attitude with others, he was kind and gentle with her in their intimate encounters. A, a lecherous grin formed on Shere Khan's face as she squirmed in his hold. I don't know what that means. No point trying to escape, my lovely tigress. No one will be able to save you from me. That's kind of rapey, Shere Khan. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Mm -hmm. Harmon moaned as one of his paws cupped her satin-covered breasts. Tigers have breasts? (laughs) Bucking, I thought. I mean, yeah. I guess. Bucking as his other paw groped her rear. Maybe uh, I don't want to be, ooh, saved, Mr. Khan. Shere Khan, the tiger corrected, reluctantly letting her go. Strip for me. Slowly. <laughs> Ugh. You dirty pervert, Shere Khan. All of a sudden, Baloo just barges in. Hey there, old Shere Khan. <laughs> Do you need someone to videotape this for you? Oh, Baloo's got it. Get, get my camera. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling on her utmost sultry smile, Hammond stood back and began unbuttoning her blouse, undoing her tie, letting the clothing slide to the floor, exposing her white lace-covered tiger breasts. I had a tiger. She wiggled out of her skirt, panties and garters matching the fabric of her bra. The front of her panties were damp with arousal. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the sweet scent of Shere Khan's smirk grow predatory. Under his hungry gaze, she laid back on his desk, spreading her legs, lifting her paw, trailing her fingers over the lace of her bra. (laughs) Let's see if it gets any better. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Does it get gross? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just, there's a line here that says, freeing his straining erection. (laughs) Uh, I, I'm I'm not going to use it in the same context, but I do plan on using that at some point in my mm. life. Mm. 
Where are you going? Uh, I gotta go free my straining erection. I'll be right back. Please don't say it in the office. <laughs> I, no, not in the office. I would never do that at work. All right. Or at least, you know. Uh, the last line is, smirking at the older tiger, Harmon gave him a passionate kiss. She was looking forward to tonight and many other nights to come. And if you want to read the story on your own, it's on adult-fanfiction.org, and it's called Fun Behind Closed Doors. Written by Gemini Girl eighty three. Oh, she might listen to the Rad Years. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see how many other Tailspin fan fictions. Are. Oh, there's a lot. Good God. Ooh boy. Oh no. Oh no. No, no. Don't even say it on the show. There's Probably one called the Babysitter. <laughs> oh God. Kit babysits Molly, but Molly has something she'd like to do with Kit that he isn't quite expecting. What the fuck? Yeah, that's naughty. I mean, they're bears. So. Uh oh. One rainy day during a thunderstorm, Kit and Rebecca sheer sheer a quiet moment alone. So if someone's grasp on the English language is worse than mine, but um, uh, dreams. The dream comes true based on her chance to dream episode. What if Rebecca decided to stay with Captain Stansberry language? Uh, the power of suggestion. Friends and family of Hire for Hire fall victim to a drug which leaves them open and exposed to suggestion. People are really playing that shit out in, on paper, huh? Mm-hmm. Foiled curses again. The air pirates get their hands on cursed emerald that really changes things up around the base. And content tags. Anthro, Fet, GB, MF, Prague, TF, and Violence. We'll talk to Bradley. See what all that <laughs> means. <laughs> right. uh, all right. So, yeah. These are all on um, something called cartoon. Uh, da, cartoon dot adult dash fanfiction dot org well my first pick's done squeezer oh we're done <laughs> I, got, I got nothing here is yours uh now more creepy sexy cats what you were hoping to get with um aliens alien, last week like, i got yeah, it with sheer con yeah. who and that's who, even better who, who like Oh, right. two humans in outer space yeah who cares i should have known that the whole furry shit would have Oh, definitely okay. push this from to to being true but here's your first pick cats ah. the number one family <laughs> musical in america cats the world's most thrilling theatrical event cats the magic the mystery the memory will live forever Cats, the seven-time Tony Award winner, the once-in-a-lifetime experience, the most exciting family musical in the word. Cats at the Winter Garden Theater. Call Telecharts 212-239-6200. Oh, yeah, you got to drink to that one. So that there's no other commercial from my childhood that is more imprinted in my brain than that fucking commercial. Yep. Yes. Just burned in. Mm -hmm. It was everywhere, constantly. Well, Disney Afternoon, it's just, that's all you had to see when you watched Tailspin. Like, every other commercial was, and the Winter Garden, uh, so we were in New York for the uh, Enchantress Random Marathon, and we were staying near Times Square where the finish line was. 
right by the Winter Garden. And every time we walked by it, I'd be like, at the Winter Garden Theater. <laughs> now and forever. Now and forever. Yeah. You know, they were just banking on that Y2K to be true because... That would have been if forever. It happened, then it yeah. would have been forever. But mm-hmm. it wasn't because, like, three months later, six months later, it was gone. So, uh, it is now it's not the longest running. It's actually only like fourth now, uh, longest running. Because I guess, uh, even though it was on for a long time, they didn't do as many shows since like ninety when they like was it Chicago or something they do like five shows a day or some crazy shit like that uh oh uh what's that World War Three just started oh no explosions have been heard in the Ukraine cities of Kiev and Kharkiv and what is likely the beginning of a full scale Russian what? invasion Kiev Kiev and yeah Kharkiv oh okay fuck well. Well, you can bottle this show in a time capsule. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Maybe uh, uh, cats will live on forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, Phantom of the Opera is now the longest running, which is another Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, you know, production. But I'm not talking about the play. I've ne- or musical. I've never seen it. Um, Mm-mm, me neither. But I feel like I have because. This damn commercial ran. Yeah, but so but Squeezer much. turns out the commercial nothing. I thought it was some like alien cat fucking play, because they're all like they're all like in a pile like staring up at a light in the sky. Yeah, no, they're all just trying to. From what I understand, they're all just trying to bang each other until one of them dies and goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. Is that? Did I, know I don't that? know. I just. Oh. I think I, I from what I've from what I've seen of the movie and shit, it's a stupid fucking. Romp. Isn't that song Memories from it, too? Yeah, that's the big one. Mm. I, I Fuck this. I didn't, I didn't see the movie. It, movie. It, it's way too uncanny valley for me. And plus, I have no interest in actually seeing it. But um, Reading the reviews out of it are funny, though. But th- this, especially if you... God forbid you just want to watch a movie on PIX11 on a Sunday afternoon... Because, and especially that, and especially our market, um, there are a couple write-ups. There's uh, one woman who had a, an article. She she wrote about this, and she was seeing how she shared the Philly New York market. I'm like, oh, then you're from our area, New Jersey, like that in between, where you get to share with the with the number one and the number four TV market in the yes. country. Yes, and you you get gold. Like you get everything. It's it's it was the closest thing that you could get to having like all the streaming services and options because you got like two foxes, you know. Like football was the best because you had you still have mm-hmm. well, games. You, to it was better other. back in the day, but now it's yeah, back in the day. Um, but yeah, th- this commercial was everywhere, and I had no interest in seeing it. But you knew, and apparently. Like they show like that scene with them all like in their big pile like reaching up like that's the end. Yeah. Like that like they basically spoil it in their commercial. Um. But yeah, it, this would be I, I don't know if it. They look like when Zubily I hear Zoo. It, it makes me happy. What's that? They look like Zubily Zoo. Yeah. Uh. Or that uh, what the hell is a. 
Adventures in Wonderland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, definitely creepy. And I know it was it was a big thing in the 80s, like the whole cat thing. My mom had like a cat Halloween costume, like the sexy cat Halloween costume. What? Very, what's that? What? Yeah, it was gross. It was really gross. Mm. It was like a leotard with like a pin on tail and the cat ears. Mm. Yeah. And my dad dressed up like a hockey goalie from the 60s with the big cut, like the uh, Jason mask. At the Winter Garden Theater. So he could cover his face and no one could see him. Um, Yeah, so now when I hear it, now it's kind of like sweet in my head. Like, oh, it reminds me of me being a kid and watching cartoons. I hated that commercial as a kid. But now, I I hated it then. But now I I look back at it fondly because it's like a, you know, emotional, you know, uh, uh, nostalgia trigger. But at the time, it was infuriating. Like, give me toy commercials, damn it. Um, it did lead to, and it was the, the first time I can recall as a kid, bombing. And the, the feeling, that cold chill of going for a laugh and really not getting it. Not just not getting it, but the, the, the sense of... Family and loved ones looking at you like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why'd you even bother saying that? It was a waste of oxygen and energy. Like, why? Oh, boy. Where are we going? So we, and it's not that funny. It's not, like, the whole thing isn't funny. It's just the the cold chills that run down my spine still just thinking about it. And well, I, I mean, picture... everyone in the show is familiar with you bombing a bit, so. <laughs> well, yeah, but. So that's why it's easy now because it just happens all the time. <laughs> now I'm I'm of the strategy of just throwing shit at the wall and eventually one out of a thousand is going to stick. Um, but we were at we were outside on our patio and we had family down. My mom's cousin and her kids from Staten Island, and they were visiting, and they're like, "Oh, that's great! You should come up and and you know we'll come up. We'll go in the city. We'll see a show." And I chime in and I go. I want to see hats. And they look at me like, oh, no, cats isn't that good. You know, uh, you know, it's it's overrated. We saw it. it's not that great. I'm like, no, no, hats. It's like cats, but it's about hats instead. <laughs> and the, the every it just everything stopped. Time stopped. It was like Matrix shit. Like I can pan around and see everyone kind of staring at me. And it was the coldest chill. And I, I'm I still have goosebumps now. Just it I don't know what I was going for, why I thought hats would be funny. Um that was nineteen ninety two or three. So I'd have been nine or ten years old, just feeling ostracized by my family in my backyard. Uh, and for good reason. I deserved it. But yeah, that was that's every time I hear this, I think of that moment of me just bombing horrifically in front of my family for a stupid hat. Jo- I don't even know how that play would work. Mm. But it it rhymed, so I went with it. Did it I was work- just looking for I just I was just looking for attention. I got it. Should have workshopped it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Even the big ones bomb every once in a while. I'm one of the big ones? 
Yeah, you're on the Rad Years podcast. We're trying to oh, get sweet. We're trying to get recruited for. I got an email. I got a couple of emails. Uh, Gadina Bergstorm asked us to be part of some new, exciting social podcasting platform called Pick Cherries. Shortly on iOS and Android, the platform will allow listeners to listen to full episodes of your podcast. And then share 60-second listener-generated clips of your content called Picked Cherries with their friends and families via text, WhatsApp, and messaging, and post on all major social channels. <laughs> Pass. Hmm. I mean... Nah, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's free... And it's another because it's so easy to take all the dumb shit people say out of context. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to see what they did with us. Like, just have me have you and me both saying unhinge our erection or whatever the fuck the line was just <laughs> yeah. back there. Uh, hold on, I got a couple. Um, okay, Rebecca Ray's uh emails me like she's old, my old friend. And it's former head of A&R at G- Good Music, which is uh, Kanye's label, launches children's series. Hey, Ryan, I hope you're doing well and have a great long week. Had a great long weekend. I think she's assuming I had President's Day off. What's a weekend? I don't know. I wanted to connect with you about a story and possibly interview opportunity. When Ricky Anderson lost his 17-month-old son suddenly a few years back, he found himself in a very dark place, but he knew one day he would do something to pay tribute to his son. The 20-year music industry executive has now launched The Toonies, an animated musical series available on YouTube. What's this have to do with us? I don't know. But it's from Rebecca Ray's account associate at Chizcom. If we send them $10,000 cash, they can get the gold doubloons out of Nigeria? Is that it? No, they're legit people, but they're just, they're like, hey, talk about us. On your- Our show is listened to by a lot of people. Not on YouTube, because fuck YouTube. But um, on uh, like podcast platforms, we're pretty popular. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, how can we exploit this popular show? And then they write me, and I ignore them, and we go on. That's why we have no, we generate zero income from this show. But who's in? You know, it? they got to be like scratching their, like they just don't comprehend. Yeah, like, like is he get, getting our emails? Like, no, we listen to the show. He brought it up, <laughs> and he shit all over us. Yes, you should. He uh, <clears throat> shit all over your email. He did what? Yes, he shit all over your email. Who? Which one? The fat one or the other? The idiot. <laughs> hey. At least you're not the idiot. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm just a fat idiot. <laughs> the fat one or the idiot? The idiot. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> when, when we spin off into a morning show, that's what it's going to be called. <laughs> the fat guy and the idiot? Yeah. No, the fat one. That's the fat one. <laughs> fat one and the idiot. All right. All right fair enough. And and then, <clears throat> then when we're out doing like you know pressers or like when we're standing uh, underneath a yes, pop up tent. Yes, um, this one's for the fat one. Uh, why so fat? And 
What's with the idiot? <laughs> but when we're standing underneath that pump-up tent, handing out uh, bumper stickers at a like a local uni mart. That's a lot of work. A car at a car wash, and then people come up to you because they don't actually know what you look like or who you are, mm-hmm. and they have to ask like, "So, which one's the fat one?" <laughs> uh, the fat one. <laughs> uh. So you're the idiot. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, you're the idiot. Uh, and I'm never going to hand out stuff. That's what Uncle Bix is for. Da, 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 da. La-dee-da. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's... All right, yeah, that was, yeah. that was some good dead air. That was... Yeah, we were like... Oh. Ma- make it, making sure we're not getting that morning show. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, we really wanted to bring you in for our morning show, but two problems. The dead air when you forget what you're talking about, <laughs> and the creepy way RK read that erotic fiction. <laughs> we just couldn't bring ourselves to look him in the face. So we're just, br- just going to take the fat one. <laughs> Uh, do I have to do anything? Yeah, you gotta do the show on your own, fat one. Huh. Fuck. Do it. Do I get an eclectic cast of young people that work for me that kind of banter back and forth and pretend they're cool? I'd rather die. Oh, God, yeah. All right, here's my next pick. Just the pussy I've been looking for. <laughs> Contempt for the czars of fashion. Wait, don't tell me. Naked, sexual. Naked, sexual deviancy. I fucking love Danny DeVito's Penguin. And I love Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. And Catwoman, she's my favorite Catwoman. So I love the 1966 Catwomen's. uh, Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, and Eartha Kitt. Uh, Eartha Kitt was... She was good. Lee Merriweather was in the movie playing Catania, Catania, Carana, Catania. Friends friends calling me Kitka. But, I mean, we all had funny feelings about Catwoman as kids. And then then they had to drop Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman on us and make the feelings even weirder. (laughs) I was already feeling weird, and then that came around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she is a foil to Batman as much as she slept and had a kid with him. Oh. Yes. You know, in some stories, she's she's a, a good person and a bad person. It's just like in The Dark Knight Rises. Selena Kyle is just a, so that's how that feels. And then she leaves him on the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been... Three versions in movies now. Well, four, I guess, if you count Holly Berry's standalone Catwoman movie. But do we count that? Uh, I no, no. I don't. Know, do you do you count the the Daredevil movie? 
the Ben Affleck one? Yeah. No, I'll count it as what? <laughs> a movie? Yeah, I guess. I mean, all right. The the Electra spinoff was way worse. That's true. Yeah. All right. Um. So it's all about perspective. So we have Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. First, it's Lee Merriweather in the '66 movie. Then Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and then um, what the fuck's her name? Plays her in. Uh... I can't think of her fucking name. Who plays Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises? Squeezer. No Googling. You have to know I'm it. not. I'm. Uh... Anne Hathaway. Fuck. Anne Hathaway. And of course. <laughs> I'm on top of it. Next week, we get to see Zoe Kravitz take her role as Selena Kyle in uh, The Batman. I had my tickets. We're going Thursday. Ooh, good for you. Yeah. Excited, uh, you know, I'm excited for any Batman movie, and it's a Batman movie with a penguin character, it's a penguin and Catwoman again, yeah. and, and the Riddler. And, and and it's not an origin story, it's not an origin story, it's missing the Joker from having the original rogues gallery from the 1966 Batman movie. Are they on a fucking penguin submarine? <laughs> That'd be pretty. I mean, hey, you haven't seen it yet, you don't know. Are they gonna little... kidnap Captain Schmidlap? If there is a Captain Schmidlap in it, that would be pretty awesome. It would be. Yes. Yeah, I'm interested to see the darkness of the Riddler, uh, played by Dano. Uh, plays a serial killer who targets Gotham's elite. I'm excited for it. I really am. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where this fits in in the shared universe. Uh, does it though? Like, is that their intent, or I don't does it know. just like they're just making a Batman movie? I think we'll get to know what what their plans are with the Flash movie. Okay, I think that's gonna retcon everything because clearly uh, Michael Keaton's Batman's in that. So maybe it it deletes Ben Affleck's Batman and replaces it with this Batman. Mm-hmm. And they're spinning off a, I think, two series, like a Gotham PD series for HBO Max uh, with Jeffrey Wright as uh, James Gordon and a uh, Penguin, uh, Oswald Cobblepot, with Colin Farrell playing Oswald Cobblepot. Oh, cool. He's. Uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the movie, uh, B- a Batman movie that's three hours. Give it to me. <laughs> so yeah, it looks looks fun. But uh, Catwoman, um, you know, she's great character in the comic books. Uh, used really well in uh, Frank Miller's. I, everyone uses Catwoman well. Very important part, of the Batman mythos. And I'm excited to see how Andy Serkis is Alfred Pennyworth. I think that's a good pick. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll see it. Probably a week. Uh, well, we'll see what our schedule looks like. Yeah. There was one day to see it. <laughs> it's the third. Well, now now if they start having like 10 o'clock, 10.30 showings again, I'm good. Hmm. 
Remember, we'll be traveling. That, that was that was my downfall. I need I need those late night shows. We'll be traveling soon. Oh. To like, uh, not just Pottstown, home of Yingling Brewery. Ooh. Or is that Pottsville? Pottsville. Pottsville. Yeah, I yeah. lived by Pottstown. Pot, we'll be traveling to Pottstown too. Oh. And possibly Royersford, which is always a given. <laughs> yep. And maybe somewhere up in the Scranton area. Scranton. Scranton. And possibly we almost went before everything broke down out almost near Penn State where we went for football. Where where was that? Uh Bald Eagle area. Bald Eagle area. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's up there. That was where we were supposed to go on the thirteenth. Oh. Remember everything got shut down on the eleventh? The, the best thing about those places when you start getting up there are snack bars. Homemade pierogies from little old ladies. Mm. Yep. That's what it's all about. Turkey barbecue. Mm. Yeah. All right. So anyway. Yeah, when you walk in, you see Crock-Pot sitting behind the counter. You know you're no, in a good yeah, place. You're in a good place. Here is, that's why you want to go. So if you want to adopt uh, a cat, you got to go. So where we found Izzy, it was at the Laurie Station Fire Hall. Oh, you just found her there? She was for adoption. Oh, okay. She was in a cage for adoption. But so the snack bar had crock pots of different soups, squeeze her. And they Ooh, had. I'm a fan of soup. They had various cut up cubed cheeses and ring bologna and crackers for sale as snacks. So I will get you this thing. You take the girls there, eat crock pots <laughs> of soup, and various cubed cheeses. All right, here is your second pair. We need to start picking up the fucking slack. Yeah, Here's old your... man. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony. And now this cartoony is a name for NES. I, I love that shoehorned yes in the, at the end. <clears throat> uh, Tiny Toon Adventures for the NES. Uh, one of my favorite games uh, on the my, NES. One of my most played games. My most played. It's weird. My most played game and one of my favorite games of all time is Tiny Toon Adventures Bab's Big Break for Go- Game Boy. I got it for yeah. Easter one year, and it's still one of my favorite games. Yeah, it's it's a great game. Colors are great. It's good Good platforming. I never uh, played the Nintendo one, but the Game Boy one, I played the hell out of it. Yeah, it's uh, got a lot of, a lot of variety, uh, and different like play styles because you can swap out between. You you have to save, uh, Babs, and you start as Buster, and you can take a friend with you, and they kind of work everyone in, like all the characters. Like Shirley's there to help you, like pick someone to help you with. Uh, Hampton gives you extra lives, and then. Like some of your uh, Montana Max is your big bad that you have to fight in the end. Mm-hmm. But Elmira's like your uh, hammer brother. She has like a little, like a middle, mid level thing where you have to basically, she just starts running after you and you have to avoid her while trapped in the equivalent of like a little hammer brother zone. That's it. And then there's also a, a, a Duck Vader thing where Duck Vader shows up and you have to defeat him and you can get some extra lives. Um, 
but you have three companions that you can pick from, and you can pick from either uh, Plucky, uh, Dizzy, or Furball. And that's why I'm talking about this because my favorite character to pick from, so and is this I would swap companions. out immediately. Is this, who, is this who you play as, or who, like you you play as? So you 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 start as Buster, and you can pick a uh, another character to swap in and out with if you hit like a little bouncy ball balloon, and you can flip characters, and they uh, have different powers. Okay, so the Game Boy game's similar, but it's more like Turtles. You could either be Buster, Plucky, or Hampton, and they each have different like powers. Like they could throw, like Buster throws carrots, Plucky throws pineapples that bounce and go up, and uh, mm-hmm. and Hampton rolls watermelons. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's similar. Uh, yeah, there's no <clears throat> Buster's pretty bare bones. He, he can just jump a little higher. Uh, Plucky can fly, so he's. Uh... And, and and but like a downwards fly, so kind of like a, uh, not not so much like uh princess, uh in uh, Mario two fly, mm-hmm. um but more like a a slow descent fluttering kind of, uh, I'd say unpowered raccoon tail kind of style. Okay. Um, but he's also when he comes to swimming levels. Is legit frog suit Mario. Oh, so they definitely took some inspiration from gameplay from. Well, it's the best platformer ever, so why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, Dizzy, uh, he has a like a, a spinning power, so he kind of doesn't do anything special other than when you hit his power button, <clears throat> he goes into a little tornado mode and he just kills enemies left and right, and he can break through certain particular blocks, so he can clear levels a little faster. Furball can climb uh, almost like uh, Ninja Gaiden-like, where you can like hop up and climb walls, and then he'll slowly slide down, but if you keep hopping, you can keep climbing higher and higher. And I always played as Furball as much as I could because uh, it allowed you to like slow the game down. You controlled like, the entire environment. Because you can you can climb and hang, let enemies come underneath you. Then you can jump on them, or a lot of those levels, like the, so, like the tree level. There's a level in the forest where um, Dizzy could spin up and like break through some of the trees and clear it faster. But with Furball, you could climb to the top of the trees, and then almost like in a Mario game, flying across with like a power wing, you can just hop across from treetop to treetop. Out of it's like out of frame. Mm-hmm. But you can basically clear the level from above. Uh, and it, you can even, like, get a little dangerous, too. Like, if there's a pit, you jump down the pit, you don't make it, you can catch, like, the edge of the pit. I'll fail into the pit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he was so much fun to play with. And, oh, he was just cute looking, too. Um, I, I liked him as a character in the show as well because, you know, he's just poor little guy just wants to he was always the i don't know getting the shit kicked out of him on the show and being tormented by uh elmira but as a game character as a a supporting character in the game uh he was awesome to play as and it was a brutal game like it, it was fun the first couple levels and then you get to like the city 
levels and the urban levels uh and then it got started to get really hard i barely ever cleared that and i think the only i beat it once with like a game genie mm. uh and uh, honestly it gets to the point where the first level is fun and then towards the end like it, it's I, f- I don't know i feel like the level design loses some of the some of the fun but uh yeah furball was Furball is my, my favorite kitty cat from all the Tiny Toon adventures. I guess he's the only one, so yeah, he's my favorite. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to uh, my next pick. I, I w- we could either talk about Heathcliff or Garfield. <laughs> not both. I don't think so. Both. There's not room for both. Two orange naughty cats in this. And Heathcliff was more of a tomcat. He was out and about. Like, like uh, Garfield was like a home cat. You know what I mean? I'm even though I sound like, or no, not he. I'm thinking of the other guy. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm more like uh, Garfield. <laughs> I like lasagna. I'm a Heathcliff. He was voiced by Mel Blanc. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I no. didn't know that either until I looked it up on uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> and it was developed by Chuck Lorre for Deke, which he did a lot of those. Chuck Lorre made that horrible um, uh, Big Bang Theory show, show. Oh, come on. People love it. Hmm. Um... <laughs> So uh, it's Heathcliff. He's a tomcat. He loves fishtails. Um, but the Cadillac cats were also had a segment on this show, uh, which were I felt like it got like as much billing as Heathcliff almost. It was like I don't remember that so much. Half the show was Heathcliff. The other was the Cadillac cats. Um, the cat. A lot of cats, which were if, it if, won't it won't let me type Cadillac. So Riff Raff was the little dickhead who wore like the the blue hat oh, and like, the scarf yeah, I remember. and Cleo. I remember and he was a tough streetwise alley cat. Thought he was dead one air. Always uh, trying Cleo to get rich. Yeah. Cleo was a babe. Um. But yeah, there's not much to say about Heathcliff, and I like the show, and he, I watched it a lot. I watched it a lot. Probably, I mean, as much as I, I watched, uh, uh, he, uh, Garfield was kind of the similar, because Garfield had that other show attached to it with the barnyard. What was it? Um, uh, USA, uh, Farmville, USA. Is that it? It was... We talked about it. Yeah, it was something... Garfield show was attached to... It was done by what's-his-name? Jim Davis also. I even talked about this in the show. That was your pick. That's why I figured you know it. Well, I I always... U.S. Acres. U.S. Acres. uh, U.S. Acres, yeah. Never actually called it that. It was just like the farm animal show. Yeah. 
Or, yeah. Yes, the farm animal show. That's the one. All right. Uh, <laughs> here's Squeezer's next pick. Come on. Don't get that, Frank. It could be the office. Yeah, let it rain. Hello? Baxter. It's Baxter. Meowmix brand cat food has a variety of four delicious flavors cats love. In fact, it's the only cat food that tastes so good, cats ask for it by name. Again and again. I want chicken. I want liver. Meowmix, Meowmix, please deliver. <laughs> Mr. Bigglesworth, time for food. It's Din Din. You know <laughs> it was weird, so I was... I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go with, I, I had to pick an annoying commercial, not realizing that I already picked cats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it's just, it reminds me of it. And it stuck in my head. And it, it, it well, it stuck in my head for a reason. It was designed to do that. And I completely real, didn't realize or forgot that I'm pretty sure I talked about this before in the show. Did you? Maybe not that long. I had to have because oh, when man. I started Googling for this my links. This is the like, first time ever we talked about something on the show for a second time. I know. We've vowed to I, never do when this. When I went to go and like pull up like some tabs and stuff for like notes, everything was already purple. Mm. I'm like, oh, I've been down this road before. Oh, with our old boss? Oh, no. Oh, uh, yeah, that gross asshole. But no, like... Why? Why else would I have uh, Linda November's uh, Wikipedia page already like purpled out? Because I was here. That's true. Uh, she's the uh, pianist and singer that uh, that performed the Miamic song. You know, you don't think about it, but someone has to sing it because it's not actually a cat doing it. It's true. I'm you know breaking down walls here on the Rogers podcast. Uh, it was uh, oh, who is it? Uh, Tom McFowl. Uh, he com he composed it, and this is the guy that like worked for everyone, like Pepsi, Budweiser, like uh, you know every every jingle, basically written you know from the seventies, eighties, and then the nineties. This guy did, mm -hmm. uh, especially like for Pepsi, he did the the Michael J. Fox like Super Bowl commercials and. Um, yeah, crazy. And any and any like backs up like Janet Jackson and uh, all the Ella Fitzgerald, Michael Bolton, Luther Vandross. You know, you know, just a f couple that he works with. So the guy's like a legit like knows what he's doing, and it's so catchy. It's considered like the highest, the most like catchiest jingle of all it has the highest it's a burke score which is how they rank shit that gets stuck in your head for commercials mm -hmm. um and it, it still ranks like the highest to the point where and this is when i'm like oh yeah i think i did know this um you know that commercial did not run for 16 years between it it Stopped in 1996. Hmm. They pulled it, and it returned back in 2012. And they were doing surveys, and like they would ask people, it's like, hey, when was the last time you heard? Did you hear the Meow Mix commercial within like the last three months? And like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And then they sing the Meow Mix jingle. It's like, when was the last time? Oh, uh, probably within the last week or two I, I heard it. I'm like, no, it hasn't aired in 10 years. Uh, and it was like 80% of people said, like, they would testify that they heard the Meow Mix jingle on TV when it hadn't been on TV since 1996. I didn't know they even pulled it. Why would you? It's a gem. Um, and now, now they come up with like remixes, and, and now it's like a thing on the internet because hmm. it's fun to remix it. But it's not the same. The original is the best. And then they they had different like setups to it. You can't just have a cat saying you know singing it. You got to set it up with the guy in the car or the the, the wedding one. The guy gets a, a call, and that might have been the clip that I used. The guy gets a call at the altar, and it's his cat singing meow mix. Huh. I want chicken. I want liver. Meow mix, meow mix, please deliver. I mean, that also might have had a part in it. Yeah. Although, when did Austin Powers come out? That was 97, right? 97 or 98, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't that, that far out. Mm-hmm. Um, But it, it all came about from... Uh, so they came up with the initial uh, tagline, which was Meow Mix, uh, um, like the cat food a cat can ask for by name, you know, because it's meow, mm-hmm. and the cats say meow. Um, and they were just, they were going to just have shots of cats eating food. And so they're shooting cats just eating food, and, you know, cats, like, they chew and they look up, and they're doing a the little choo-choo-choo thing. Choo-choo-choo thing, yes. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, it looks like they're singing. Like, all right, let's make them sing. So that's where it basically came from. They were, just, they were shoot, getting shots for a cat food commercial, and they realized that when cats are eating food, it looks like they're singing. Um, and they uh, came up with a clever-ass jingle that still sticks with us uh, today when, you know... You, it's, not like, it's not like it's a nostalgia thing if you think it still exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, here... Oh, and the CIA mm, used okay. it to torture people. Okay, I, I get that. I get yeah. that. All right, here is my next pick. I couldn't. Kumbaya, Annabelle. <laughs> hey, lunch lady. What do you got in there? <laughs> um, I couldn't do my uh, a, a cat show without talking about Eek the Cat. <laughs> in particular, the 1997 giveaway of uh, Eek the Cat from Extravaganza. Uh, so when I started there, we had a box. If someone got a kid's pack meal, which was on a potato like bun that was different than the white and wheat bread we had back in the mm-hmm. day kids late 90s there was only three types of bread you get you get white you get wheat or you get the little roll and the kids pack came on a roll you get your kids sandwich same as uh, you get cheese meat any of the tappings and the fixings you want on it 
and then it goes in the bag. You get a cookie and you get a small drink and one of those uh, toys out of the box. And there was like an eek whistle that was like type whistle, you know. It was like a sharky, an Annabelle, and then another like eek squirting flower toy. Um, I think I took them. I had them all. I like I took them. I stole them from work. <gasps> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, there was other like eek giveaways at various local food places that I found that I didn't know existed. Um, places like Crystal had eat catastrophes. I can't say it. Catastrophic? Catastrophes. Oh. Catastrophes. That's what I'm trying to say. Spring-powered eek circus cannon, sharky squirter, another one. Eek head bobbling, runaway trash can, eek mobile. Uh, there was eek was pretty popular, man. <laughs> yeah, lasted for a while on Fox. Subway obviously had the Annabelle pop up, the eek fan whistle, the eek squirter, and the sharky squirter. Uh, Cost cutters had a tic tac eek. Um, Dairy Queen had a stand up puzzle, a spinning straw. And another Tic Tac Eek. Long John Silvers had a friendship frame with stickers, collecting playing pl- collector playing cards, Mag Eek Cups, and Eek Catastrophe Adventure. Uh, KFC had Eek Balancing Act, Sharky's Doghouse Launcher, Kaboom Annabelle, Cool Move Dock, and Cutter Copter. Uh, Wiener Schnitzel had Curly Straws, Inflatable Annabelle, and Thunder Lizard's Drum. Carl's Ooh, Jr. Where, where, where's a wiener schnitzel? I have no idea. Carl's Jr. had Sharky Pop Launcher and Collector Card, Annabelle Pop Launcher and Collector Card, and Eek Pop Launcher and Collector Card. Um, Hardy's slash Roy Rogers had Eek the Cat holding a Kumbaya sign. Uh, Annabelle, uh, a, a first Sharky squirter, the squat in a tank, dock in a tank, and cutter in a tank. Um, with the Thunder Lizards. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of Eek the Cat toys at various knockoff kids' meals. Holy shit. I didn't know this was a place. What, Wiener Schnitzel? Yeah. Uh, they're still going 358 locations. What do they sell the there? US. Hot dogs. Hmm. Makes sense, being called uh, Wiener Schnitzel. Oh, uh, California, Texas, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, uh, out west. Hmm. And that oh, is in Guam. Well, gotta have one in Guam. Here mm-hmm. is your next pick, Squeezer. Like my new sparkler, boys. Ooh. We didn't think you could get your paws on it, fat cat. Oh, ye of little brain. <laughs> it's trinkets like these that show the world what I deserve the best. You can't expect a true gourmet to settle for mere fish flambe. My diet screams for triple star beluga caviar. And cream by any other name cannot compare with French champagne. So pop the cork and tip your hat. Sound like you said balls there. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, not every show had a musical number, but yeah, when you do, um, Fat Cat, uh, possibly in my opinion, one of the best villains in Saturday morning cartoon or uh, you know afternoon cartoons, and 
highly underrated. Um, because he wasn't a, a bumbling fool. He was he wasn't like your Cobra Commander type. The, his problem was he was more of a Bond villain, where everything was so convoluted that it would fall apart on him, and he was surrounded by idiots. Um. And he, he was, it's great, because it's a little play on words, you know, fat cat. He's a fat cat, but he's also, you know, like a fat cat, you know, mm-hmm, get it? Mm-hmm. Get it? Um, and I don't know, he was just a fun, uh, a fun foil to the rescue rangers. Like, it wasn't ever taken, like, too serious, but you could see him as a legit bad guy. Um, and I think his voice acting has everything to do with it. Jim Cummings, uh voiced fat cat um the guy that like took over he was he's now he's winnie the pooh um he's like like default if disney has a thing he's a voice in it one way or the other um yeah he's winnie the pooh and tigger he was the voice of darkwing duck uh he was the voice of bonkers uh oh don carnegie he was in uh he was in Tailspin, too. So, yeah, very busy guy. Um, and one of his earlier runs was as Fat Cat in uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, I don't want to say I'm interested to see how they uh, work it out in the new movie. Why does it have to be live action? What's that? Rescue Rangers. Oh, it's live action? Yeah, it's like that blend of it's like I think like Alvin and the Chipmunks ish, like they're animated in a live action world. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, just give me the cartoon. I'm good. I don't know, it's gadget in it. <laughs> All right, is that uh, is that everything on Fat Cat? Yeah, we'll we'll just uh, we're I'm running long. We just. Uh, Fat Cat's awesome bad guy. <coughs> Bless you. <coughs> Gesundheit. Well, thank you, kind sir. All right, here is my last pick. Wow. This is uh, Socks the Cat Rocks the Hill, a game produced back in 1993 um, based on Bill and Hillary Clinton's cat from the White House, Socks. <laughs> it was never released because um, it was scheduled for release in the fall of 93. And experienced delays and ultimately canceled due to the closure of Kaneko's U.S. branch in the summer of 94. The game was finished, however, and review copies were distributed to gaming publications. A prototype cartridge of the SNES version eventually entered the hands of private collectors. And a Kickstarter campaign to fund the launch, a relaunch of the game was started. Uh, it was funded and the ROM image was released to the public in 2018. And that's what we're listening to right now. Huh. 
played a little bit of it. It's not bad. Um, the gameplay is kind of bad. But Socks looks almost identical to our new cat, Izzy. In Aww. fact, um, Enchantress got to meet Socks. Uh, her mom was in the Navy, and she knew higher-ups. And she got to go in the White House when the Clintons were out of town and hold Socks. And I have a picture of her <gasps> holding Socks. And uh, I was like, oh, man. I'm like, I, could I post this? She said, yeah, because it looks just like little Izzy. And I showed you a picture. Like, it does look like Izzy. Socks was like a really famous... I don't remember. I don't know. As a kid, it was like it was '92. We were ten. It was cool, the cat in the White House, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely made a big deal of it. Yeah, and then when and then they, they try each time, then with like, oh, they have dogs, and it, it doesn't. Yeah, but the cat's kind of like a, like it's funny because it like there's pictures of it like sitting at the resolute desk <laughs> in the Oval mm-hmm. Office, like because cats do what they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's no different than having a toddler running around the White House. Yeah. Right. So uh, it didn't get along with their dog, Buddy. Uh, in fact, uh, Bill Clinton remarked, I did, <clears throat> I did better with the Palestinians and Israelis than I done with socks and Buddy. Oh, look at the ass on her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so when the Clintons left the White House <laughs> in 2001, socks went under the care of Bill's secretary, Betty Curie. Um Socks lived for 20 years. No shit. Holy shit. Right. Died in 2009. I had no idea. Yeah. What's the average life expectancy of a cat like that? I don't know, but... 10, 12, like 12 years? Well, well, Schmuffin was about 12. Um, So you figure like 16 is like a long time. Okay. But 19, man, that's a long time. Uh, she died of uh, cancer. Um, there's some good pictures. The Sox hosted the children's version of the White House website. Sox oh, yeah. was the host. Um, Sox uh, with the Easter eggs, the Easter hunt, Chelsea Clinton and the Oval Office with Sox. There's a picture of Sox on Bill's shoulder and Sox laying on Hillary's lap. Sox at the lectern and the White House press briefing room. Um, and he was named Kajit. Okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead. He looked like he had little white socks on his feet. Ah. Oh. All right. So I found uh, the ratio is misleading. I I found a chart. This is going to require some math. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first six months, first six months of a cat is 10 years in human years. And then by the time a cat is two years old it's 24 years old in human years it's three and up and then 28 and then okay so at 11 years a cat is considered 60 in human years Mm. and then for every year after that add four years so four so 100 Hmm. yeah socks lived to be 100 socks is a centurion yeah i'll be damned so the video game, and you could get the the ROM and play it on any SNES emulator. Uh, the game begins with Sox observing foreign spies stealing a nuclear missile launch unit in the fo- basement of the foreign embassy. He embarks on a journey through 11 stages throughout landmarks in D.C. Uh, area like the Pentagon to return to the Oval Office in the White House and alert the Clinton family. 
Throughout the game, Sox must overcome the likes of foreign spies, politicians, and the United States Secret Service and the news media. The bosses are caricatures of political figures such as Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and Ross Perot. <laughs> In one situation, Sox must push Millie the dog, pet of former President George H.W. Bush, out the front door to avoid Arab terrorist felines. Also, Richard... Oh, Richard Nixon calls in bomb raids, and Ke- Ted Kennedy is seen driving a car on a bridge. Oh, okay. uh, Chappaquiddick uh, is not in D.C., so this was not the same bridge. Kaneko <laughs> um, originally planned two entirely different games to feature socks. One for the SNES, develop- developed by Real-Time Associates, and the other by an undisclosed developer for Genesis. The SNES and Genesis games were both occasionally referred to as Socks the Cat, Rocks the House in early publications. Hmm. The Socks the Cat license was not owned by the Clinton family, but rather a fan club known as the Presidential Socks Partnership. Kaneko purchased the license from the fan club with some of its profits given to the Humane Society of the United States and Children's Defense Fund, one of Hillary Clinton's favorite charities. Wait, there's even a likeness? Like, at what point do you not just call it parody? I don't know. Well, I don't hmm. I don't know. I don't understand. I, how, the how do Clintons didn't get the money. This charity did. Well, yeah, well, they... Ah, uh, sure, they didn't get the money. It, it's, yeah, right. Yeah, they, can't, they can't get the money, but, yeah, they... Yeah, it, was, it was the first super PAC. Was sure. Sucks. Right. It was, yeah, Presidential Sox Partnership <laughs> donated $40 million <laughs> to the Clinton campaign. Sox the Cat was first unveiled and demonstrated by Kaneko June 2nd, 1993 at CES in Chicago. Um, shortly before scheduled release in the summer, Sox the Cat was canceled due to closure of Kaneko's U.S. division, although Nintendo's censorship policies during the late 80s and 90s condemned games that had subliminal political message or overt political statements. Nintendo reportedly liked the game. <laughs> yeah, it's a cute cat. Yeah. So, socks is, you could get it and play it. You can also watch a playthrough on YouTube. Uh, the controls are poor. Uh it's it's but it's it's not bad. It's fun. Uh and that's socks the famous cat of the 90s and squeezer here's another famous cat of the 90s and your next pick You won't believe it. Toonses can drive a car. Toonses are a cat? Yeah, come on, I'll show you. See, I, I told you he could drive. Toonses, look out! Ah! He drives around all over the town. Toonsis, the driving cat. Next on Toonsis, the cat who could drive a car. The driving test. All right, sir, if you'll just go ahead and pull out into traffic. Look out! Ah! 
once he reached the petals. Ah, God, it's so incredibly stupid. Yeah, it's one of my favorite sketches of all time. I think for that very reason. Um, you have Toonces, uh is a cat that can drive a car. Well, actually, it can't because you know it just careens off a cliff each time. Um, but it feels like I don't know. They're in the writers' room, and someone goes, "No, it'd be funny if a cat drove a car." I'm like, okay, let's make a sketch out of it, and they did. They made a lot of sketches. They made fifteen different sketches out of it. Great sketches. Yeah, it ran from eighty nine to ninety three, um, and initially, uh, Steve Martin was uh, the husband to Victoria Jackson and then Dana Carvey because it was Steve Martin as the the guest and then Dana Carvey took over when they uh, continued the sketches here on out. Uh, Kevin Nealon was the driving instructor and of course the great Phil Hartman with the uh, uh, the announcer VO role. Tunes the driving cat. Uh, it, the jingle, everything just works so perfectly because it just—it's it, taken so seriously because it, it's so dumb by playing it straight, and then the the subject being so absurd is what makes it uh, so perfect. And yeah, it, it's a parody of all like, you know, Mister Ed and all, all the dumb animal stuff that they would put on. Like, why wouldn't you just have a cat that drove a car? Um, it was based off a real cat. Now, from what I gathered, because uh, it's the internet, so I take with a grain of salt, and it's hard to find some information, but that this was one of, like, the NBC studio cats. There were just cats, like, roaming the building, killing mice. Hmm. And uh, it was one of the cats. Also, I read that uh, it was one of the, uh, it was a cat actor that people like to put on. It, there's multiple stories where that came from, hmm. uh, but uh, then maybe uh, it was based on one of the cats, but I don't think you can put a non-sanctioned yeah, cat, a, a, just a, a rat-killing cat. Like I'm sure they saw it. It's like no, it'd be right. cool. Someone, someone's well, like they, you know, they probably call them Tunces, and then they're like, I bet he drives around yeah, here. Yeah, I bet he drives. Like they're just fucking coked out of their mind. Right. Yeah. And like hey, that'd be cool. That cat could drive a car. And then, <clears> oh, all right. That's a sketch. Well, what are you gonna do? I, who gives a shit? Let's write a jingle and uh, get some. The, and the best part about it is uh, the the reuse of stock footage. Yeah. So every the time front, the car drives off the cliff, the it's clip, the exact yeah. same shot over and over again. Um, and somehow they also survive each and every time. Mm-hmm. But I love Tunes's. I love Tunes's as a puppet. I love Tunes's the real cat. Um. One of my favorite top top ten top twenty whatever uh, SNL sketches. Uh, Toons is the driving cat. Toons is it's a good one. Uh, that's it. Squeezer for the show. Wow. We talked cats, uh, and we talked them good. Next week we're back to McDonald Land, right? Is it? Yeah. I didn't even look that far ahead. It's, Mc, it's the second McDonald's show. We're doing more McDonald's shows. Oh, so boy. Everything McDonald's. And then our diecast show. So that'll be a fun one. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, learn. We're going to learn a thing or two on that one. 
you could uh, rate and review us and on uh, Apple Podcasts. You could leave a rating for us on Spotify. Get us up to those Joe Rogan numbers. Or you could, you know, subscribe, comment, hit the bell, whatever the fuck you do on YouTube. And uh, we'll read them on air. Um, but we'll be back next week with another Rad Years podcast. I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm the dumb one. And I'm the fat one. We'll be back next week. See uh, everybody. The, no, the idiot. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait. I'm the idiot. And I'm the fat one. We'll see you next week. Meow. <laughs> Bye.